you have the Uversion Bible app, um, feel free to open it up. If you're looking in your regular Bibles uh, or another device in some way, shape, or form, go to the end of the book of Romans, literally the end of the book of Romans. Um, because we're looking at the last three or four verses uh, of the book of Romans this morning. Uh, we're starting a whole new series this morning called Asking for a Friend. Uh, people have been doing this for a long time, but now it's, I don't know, been revived on Facebook. People are asking, saying something about that. Sometimes it's humorous. Uh, sometimes it's serious. Uh, but in case it's too personal or uh, maybe even private that they don't really want people to think that they're the one asking, though, people will say something like, uh, I'm asking for a friend. So that's where we're going this, in this next series. And today we're going to be asking, what can I do when my faith is weak? By the way, I'm asking for a friend. Because I want you to know I'm okay. That's uh, that's thing. So here's the problem. From my perspective, because so first of all, when you're asking for your friend, I wish I could sit down with your friend and, and we could have a conversation. But since I'm not talking to your friend and I'm talking to all of you, I'm going to speak in generalities today. Uh, and I'm going to do the speaking instead of the asking questions and trying to help uh, figure things out together. So from my perspective and my experience, we often feel, our, our faith can feel weak when, when the faith that we inherited or the faith that we received uh, earlier in life is overwhelmed by the problems that we're facing in the moment. So in case you're not sure what I'm talking about, uh, let me just share some of the symptoms of having a weak or overwhelmed faith. Uh, disillusionment. This is not what I thought this was all about. Uh, burned out. Exhausted. Spiritually speaking. Skeptical. Disappointed. A lot of questions without answers. Like, where was God when I needed him? Where... You know, why didn't he heal me? Why didn't he heal my loved one? Why is he letting this pandemic go on forever? Why did he let the pandemic even start? You know, where, where's the joy in my life? You know, why, why doesn't he do something about my situation? Why? How long do I have to put up with this stuff? We... When our faith isn't equal at the moment, it's not equal to the things we're facing at the moment, we end up with more questions than answers, and even then we have less confidence in the answers we're holding on to. We're exhausted by people who claim to be Jesus followers, but they just keep talking. They never listen. 
And we've read in James that you're supposed to be quick to, to listen and slow to speak. And everybody else, you know, the people around us just seem to be, you can't get a word in edgewise. Tired of other Christians pressing a political agenda. I had to say that because it's election week, right? But I also had to say it because it's true. A lot of people are just exhausted by the fact that somebody has a political agenda and they're convinced that if you believe in Jesus like they did, you vote like they do. No, and I'm not talking about a single party. I'm talking about all the parties I can imagine because I know people in all of them. And they are convinced. But if I was really a good Christian, I'd vote just like this. <coughs> well, we talked some about that before, so I'm not going to go any further. But that kind of thing can wear on our faith. I mean, now where is God? Here's a, here's a true statement, but it's going to be really hard for some of us to believe whenever we find out exactly who's elected. That whoever is elected is not a surprise to God. And he placed them there. Somehow. We don't know how that works. Boy, does that stretch faith. Especially if it's the guy you, or yeah, well, yeah, the person you are absolutely convinced is, you know, on the other team. Spiritually, you know. Well, okay, just to be honest. Some of, some of us call them devils. I, yeah. It's hard to understand. How can God put them in charge? How can he let them get elected? Well, what causes this? What, what gets us stuck like this? Uh, one of the things that gets us stuck is that we tend to think of faith as a constant, stable set of beliefs. Now, that's partially true. But that's not the only thing. But then to complicate matters more, it, we have this idea that faith is just accepting a, a set, stable set of doctrines. Uh, to complicate matters more, we hold inaccurate understandings with, without knowing it. We have inaccurate understandings of those beliefs. We think we know what we know. We think we know what we believe and why we believe it. But sometimes we're not quite right. One author put it like this. He says, a lot of the people, a lot of us are Sunday school dropouts. Don't get mad at me when I said Sunday school dropout. Just hear me out. A lot of us grew up singing a little song called, I'm in the Lord's Army. <laughs> We're really happy to be in the Lord's Army. Until the actual battle started. Kind of reminds me of the uh, the, the song that the, the guys sing to the general at the end of the White Christmas movie. We'll follow the old man wherever he wants to go, wherever he wants to go, as long as it's opposite to the fro. <laughs> And all of a sudden, we uh, get out into the world, and we're, uh, whoa, this, you know, what's going on? We're, okay, I remember a time, an event, a place, I can still see it in my mind's eye. 
I still hear the conversation that Connie and I have. Standing on the curb next to a street in a completely different state. I wouldn't stand on the curb in North Union, okay? Just check the mail real quick and get out of the way. That's my, that's my, here. So, but this was in a different state. We're standing on the curb and, and we looked at each other and it said, you know, we got the same problems as everybody else in this neighborhood. Why? And that's one of our problems. One of, the, one of the causes is that we compare our lives to other people. Some who are following Jesus and some who aren't following Jesus. And we compare our lives to them. And we get the impression that they're better off than we are. We compare our lives. And, and, and it, it always seems like we compare our lives to those who have what we don't have. I don't know if that's in the American way or, or what it is, but we always get stuck in this, this thing. They got their act together. Why can't I have my act together? So let's talk about some resources that God gives us to deal with this idea that our faith is weak and how we can make our faith stronger. Romans chapter 16, verses 25 to 27. Then read from the New Living Translation. Now all glory to God, who is able to make you strong, just as my good news says. This message about Jesus Christ has revealed his plan for you Gentiles, a plan kept secret from the beginning of time. But now, as the prophets foretold and as the eternal God has commanded, this message is made known to all Gentiles everywhere, so that they too might believe and obey him. Hmm. All glory to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, forever. Amen. So, if I understand what the Apostle Paul was writing here to the people in Rome, as he's writing this this doxology, this closing bit of praise for God, he's telling them that Jesus is strong enough. Jesus is strong enough to strengthen our faith and to help you obey. He's able to strengthen your faith and help you to obey him. And all of a sudden, you know, don't get caught up on that because sometimes when we see the phrase obey him, we suddenly think of a long list of rules Jesus boiled all those rules down. He said, those are commentary for these two commandments. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. So what he says to us is, he is able to strengthen our faith and our ability to obey him and obey those great commandments. He is able to make us so full of love for God and so full of love for other people, we're putting those commandments into practice in our daily lives. Faith includes far more than a set of beliefs. 
The beliefs are important. But faith responds to Jesus on a personal level. It's not an intellectual thing. It's a relational thing. It, it's, it's the way we relate to him. Faith adds loyalty to Jesus to those beliefs that we've learned. Faith refines our understanding of our beliefs to help us meet fresh challenges. When we struggle with our faith, we often are focusing on what we can do. We, 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 we often wonder, what's wrong with me? How can I fix this? What is wrong with what I believe? What is wrong with me? But what we actually need on a regular basis is a deeper, more intimate encounter with Jesus. Faith grows when we bring our doubts and, delusion, and disillusionment to Jesus. Here we go. Did I not change that? No, no. you didn't. No. Well, Last week. Next time, I got it. It's, it, I, it's, it's right if you have the U version app. I'm sorry. Uh, here it is, the, the, sermon in, the sermon in a sentence, faith falters when we, be, we become the focus. Faith falters when we become the focus. When we stop experiencing the presence of God, when we stop recognizing that he really does surround us and fill us, then our problems start to get too big. Because they are too big for us. There, there's a sermon series of uh, perc uh, for, for old-time old coffee drinkers percolating in the back of my mind. Um, it's good to have somebody in the back who knows what they're doing. Except for the fact that sometimes I don't know what I'm doing. Right? So, hey, the sermon series that I'm thinking about is things God never said. Or things that the Bible doesn't say. And one of those things that we tell each other that isn't in the Bible and that God never says is this. God will never allow you to go through something you can't handle. Really? Because that just ain't true. You let things happen in our lives that we can't handle so that we realize how much we need him to handle stuff. That's not very comforting. Statements aren't intended to be comforting. Encountering the Holy Spirit and sensing his presence is where the comfort comes from. It's being with God that comforts us. That's where it comes from. So our faith falters when uh, we become the focus. It strengthens when Jesus becomes the focus and 
encountering him and experiencing his power and his presence changes us. I mean, think about it. Perhaps you can remember some times when you've had encounters with him. Can you think about that and I know it's tempting sometimes to think, wow, this is just so big, I don't know. But to the one that you encounter, is he really, really unable to handle whatever it is you're facing? So how do we do this? Well, okay, so how do we open ourselves up? Because what we need is a deeper, more intimate encounter with the Holy Spirit who brings us into the presence of Jesus and God the Father. How, how do we do this? What, how do we open ourselves up to that? Well, the first thing I would suggest to you, if you're really struggling, is make a list of all your questions and doubts. They're just like a prayer. I've pointed out to, to you many times, and, and I'm probably, I can keep doing it, that the Psalms, the Psalm book in the middle of our Bibles, is uh, filled with questions. Now, some of us might think, yeah, but those were the songwriters, and you know, they're kind of melancholy, emotional people anyway. Uh, but I'll take you to the book of Habakkuk. He's a prophet. And he had questions. He, he laid out his questions and said, and I'm going to stand here until you answer me, God. Make a list of your questions and doubts and start talking to Jesus about them. Pursue Pursue deeper, more intimate encounters with Jesus. Set aside time as often as you can. One of the reasons we worship on Sundays together is not because it, yeah, it is not primarily because we like seeing each other, although that is nice. We gather together because it is in places and atmospheres like this that the Holy Spirit often shows up. And so we give ourselves this opportunity to be in a place where he might show up in a very real and powerful way. We read our Bibles and pray on a regular basis. Not because that somehow God's checking off the boxes up above, going, okay, they did it today, good for them. Well, too bad they missed the last three. Ah, well, how are they going to make that up? I grew up with that, by the way. I grew up with that kind of understanding. It took me years to get over by the way, if you want to get over it, one of the best things to help you is the YouVersion Bible app. You can start a reading plan there, and if you get behind, there's a little button you can click called Catch Me Up. I use it often. And smile and thank Jesus for it every single time I do. 
I used to be under this impression when I was in a reading plan, a Bible reading plan like that, that if I fell behind, I needed to read three days worth of Bible reading in one hour. You know, to make it up because, okay. First, set aside time, but here, this is interesting. I want you to wait for the Holy Spirit to interrupt you when you least expect it. Driving on the, down the road on the way home from work. Fixing supper, breakfast. In a casual conversation with a neighbor. Or just when you thought you were about to doze off to take a little nap. The Holy Spirit. My Irish ancestors compared him to a wild goose. Who knows where he's going to go? Have you ever heard the phrase that's a wild goose chase? You have. Jesus said the same thing to Nicodemus before he all started thinking I'm crazy. Jesus said the, the wind blows wherever it wills. Same way with the Holy Spirit. You don't know where he's coming from or where he's going, but you know, you know it when he shows up, and he'll show up at some unexpected times and places. But if you're looking and anticipating and waiting for him, you'll catch it. Faith falters when we become We've let ourselves down enough times, right? But we allow the Holy Spirit to become our focus, and we pursue a deeper, more intimate encounter with Jesus through the Spirit. And we set time aside, and we wait for it, and we watch for it. He'll meet with us. This is a lifelong process. It doesn't stop. No one ever gets to the place where, oh, I have experienced everything that could ever possibly challenge my faith. The only person that can say that is one who's just stepped into heaven. The rest of us are going to think of some of your favorite Bible stories. One of my favorite Bible stories is the three, three Hebrew friends who got Daniel's friends who were thrown into a fiery furnace. Do you think they had ever been thrown into a fiery furnace before? Nope. Daniel tossed into lion's den. Never happened to him before. Moses walking through the uh, wilderness with his sheep and suddenly seeing a, a bush on fire but not burning. That had never happened before. That's why it caught his attention. Little Samuel trying to help Eli in the tabernacle. Gets the old man to bed and tries to lay down so he can get some sleep. And he hears a voice calling his name. He had never heard that voice call his name before. David only killed one Goliath. He had taken on a bear and a lion. He had been prepared. 
But a nine foot tall giant is no different than a, you know, with a spear and a javelin and, and, and all that kind of stuff coming at you and saying, I'm going to feed you to the birds. That's a way different than a bear growl. They're both scary, but it's different. And then the question comes, in this new situation, is Jesus big enough to help me? Just say it out loud. That probably will help. Yeah. Wait a minute. This is the guy who brings the stars out, makes sure none of the constellations have disappeared, the galaxies are all where they belong. I guess he might possibly be able to deal with this. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> Make a list. Talk to Jesus about it. Just making the list will be a prayer. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, can I ask again what we asked a few moments ago? <clears throat> that you reveal yourself to us. That's all we ask. It's ultimately what we need. It's, it's those times when you show up and and Reveal something to us that we never expected. Where we're thinking about one thing and then all of a sudden you say, hey, this is for you. I pray for every single person part of this worship time that soon and very soon we will have a fresh, each one of us will have a fresh encounter with King Jesus through the powerful presence of the Spirit. Amen. Well, I want to thank you folks for being here and thank for the folks who are connecting online. Um, and I want to remind you of something. On the first resurrection day, on the first resurrection Sunday, Jesus came and stood among the disciples. They rejoiced when they saw him. Whether you recognize him or not, he has stood here with us today. He has stood among us during this time of worship. And we've rejoiced in his presence. Jesus says to his disciples, both present and, and, and past and present, peace. Shalom. Well-being. Healing. Salvation. Peace be with you. Just as the Father sent me, I also sent you. He breathes on us just as he breathed on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we pray that you will fill us with your love and power. Folks, you are sent. Go with Jesus.